0: From the 1011 Now Streaming Studio in Lincoln, Nebraska, this
1: is the End Report Husker Show.
0: Hello everyone, Bill Rentschler in the 1011 Now Streaming Studio, joined alongside, as always, by Sports Director Kevin Suits. Kevin, we last talked last week on Tuesday. Since then, we are now in off-season for football, as they lost to Iowa. And post-season volleyball, with the Huskers getting the number one overall seed in the NCAA Tournament. So a lot happened between now and and when we last talked.
1: Yeah, and we'll start with the fresh stuff. And Matt Rule holding a news conference on Wednesday, just kind of looking back at 2023 and looking ahead to 2024. Even though the season is done, it's a busy time for the head coach. Uh, He said on multiple occasions he's on to year two. So as much as fans are probably still feeling the sting of a walk-off loss to Iowa in a month of november that got away from nebraska A winless month of november a winless month of november oh and four they had four shots at trying to gain bowl eligibility and what did rule say it was soul crushing soul crushing the fact that this team is not in uh the postseason because they were close you know the five wins and a perfect october um well they had a perfect october which set up five wins and four tries of eligibility. Um, and we don't need to go back and unpack everything that happened in November. Just a series of unfortunate things. And Matt Rule even said today that he doesn't buy the whole metric that Nebraska is an unlucky team. They just need to get better.
0: Yeah. I mean, and he's
1: doubling down on the process. And, you know, it, some some fans, I don't know how they would receive some of the comments that were spoken on Wednesday Uh, inside the hawks championship center maybe they'd want a little more fire and frustration from the coach but this is a program rebuilder we're talking to he has done this before and it takes some of the emotion out of it and Mm -hmm. that's one of my biggest takeaways from the 30 minutes with the media was you know yeah he's a little bit upset that they're well, he's more than a little bit. He's a lot of it upset. They're not preparing for a bowl game right now, but it's not going to change his attitude and it's not going to change the way in which he operates. You know, five wins in year one for Matt Rule. If you look at his previous rebuilds with Baylor and Temple, that's a pretty good first year. Mm-hmm.
0: And he even went so far as to say that he actually thought the team was lucky to win five games with a minus 17 turnover margin. So, yeah, pointed, there was-
1: Yeah, he pointed toward the football. Yeah. And he cited those being the reasons for why they're not in a ball game, not controlling their own control. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I mean, you can you can look at a lot of different things, clock management and uh, the injury situation, but you just don't get the spirit of pity. From the program instead it's all right well we we got a lot of young guys good reps good mm-hmm. action this year and let's move it forward let's figure a figure out who's going to be on the team in 2024 and let's get to work with winter conditioning and it sounds like most of the team the players that are eligible to come back are going to come back we heard ty robinson Last week,
0: announced that he was coming back. It sounds like Nash Huttmacher is going to be back. Uh, Rule today made it sound like Ben Scott is coming back. There's still some players that, you know, were waiting on decisions. Um, Isaac Gifford, Bryce Benhart, some players like that. Rule did say today that uh, wide receiver Ty Hahn, defensive lineman Blaze Gunnerson, I think are moving on at this point. Um, Portal opens, I think, on Friday. Monday. Monday. There will be... Plenty of, of, of roster attrition, undoubtedly. But how much, you know, because the the, the rule even kind of talked about it. He has a little bit of a roster squeeze. They got a big incoming recruiting class.
1: They, they got to eventually get back down to 85 scholarships. If they were going to take on a bunch of transfers, then you're in a really tricky spot. Mm-hmm. Because then you, what do you do? Pull scholarships from some of the younger players? No, that's why they signed with Nebraska. That's why they're in their program. They're scholarship guys. Mm-hmm. So. He, no, Ramir Johnson is coming back. Yeah, he's a scholarship player. Yeah, there's a chance that they may even try to petition to get Marcus Washington another year. Again, that that's if if he comes back, that's a scholarship that you have to account for. Yeah. So it's not like you can go around and hand a bunch of flyers out and just say, "Come play for Nebraska." Come play for Nebraska. It's not going to work that way because they have so many freshmen, redshirt freshmen, and just underclassmen on the team. That they're not going to show them the door either. Mm. Matt Rule likes the guys that he has, and he wants to continue to develop them. Again, this is all spoken as a program builder, and Matt Rule even went so far to say about the whole managing the roster that he's never going to show the guy the door. He's not going to tell somebody to leave. If tell them they won't start, but yeah, he'll tell them they won't start. And then it's that person's choice. But mm-hmm. he's not going to force anybody out of the program. And it speaks a lot to the integrity of Matt Rule because he says that he wants to make sure the way he manages the team during the offseason, it is consistent with what he said in recruiting mm-hmm. when he was in a recruits living room and he was telling mom and dad, this is what we're going to do. And part of that pitch is going to be we're going to love on your kid. We're going to help develop their character. We're going to we're going to care for them. Mm-hmm. And if you're just going to open the door and say, there you go, hit the bricks, like that's not caring for somebody. Mm-hmm. So character really comes into play here. And I think it's fascinating because, you know, five days after the Iowa game, a lot of fans, their minds go straight to, well, who can we go get? Let's, let's add from the portal. But you don't recognize the internal issues that that maybe bring on. Not to mention the financial implications, Matt Rule saying that if you're to get a quarterback from the portal, the price tag is 1 million, $1. 1.5 million and he mentioned two million dollars. And
0: I think most people probably know that. I thought it was just really interesting to hear the head coach say it. I, he said that I was listening and I was kind of like, yeah I mean that that probably makes sense, but I don't think I've ever heard at least previously you know coaches here say something like that.
1: Well, I don't think we've heard any coaches say it because it's still so new. And I Mm -hmm. think that the dollar sign continues to move. I presume that this is to go get a good quarterback. This isn't bringing somebody in from the FCS. And this isn't bringing somebody from, you know, a program that's below the group of five. Yes. This is, okay, so Oregon adds Bo Nix this year, right? Mm-hmm. I think we now have a clear picture of how much <laughs> Oregon maybe threw a Bo Nix to get him there. Yeah. And not to mention, maybe we have a better idea of how much money Jeff Sims is making in NIL because he came last year from Georgia Tech. Yeah. Now- people that are watching and listening this let's not just jump to conclusions and say well he wasn't worth the investment I think that's that's fair to say yeah because you invested in a quarterback who came in from the portal and he wasn't starting midway through the year there were just some football issues that held him back and if the investment I mean if you invest in something you want the return Mm -hmm. but Matt Rule did go so far to say that he doesn't regret adding Jeff Sims to the team this year Of course, he and everybody else is disappointed that there wasn't the on-field production that they thought there was going to be. But, again, Matt Rule is not going to shame Jeff Sims. He's not going to shame the staff and the evaluators that went after him. He's going to take the high road here.
0: And I think, like you said, the on-field production wasn't there. I think Jeff Sims was probably one of the best teammates on that team this year. You know, obviously, this season did not go how Jeff Sims wanted it to go. But you never saw him complain in, in the media or on social media, all the little hype videos the football team would put out. It was always, you know, he was always, he was one, always visible. And two, he was always looked like he's having a good time cheering on his teammates.
1: Okay, so I'll share a story. Um, maybe it's not completely applicable to the Jeff Sims situation, but I do know a situation several years ago when covering Nebraska football that a notable player on the team despite a win late in the year, did not even stay on the field to celebrate with the team. He went straight to the locker room. And that's a player that was one of the faces of the program and uh, somebody who had a very successful college career and even played professionally. So that's the instance of a player who did produce on the field. Jeff Sims, who didn't produce on the field, and now has the stigma of being a transfer quarterback who got to cash in from coming here, but yet didn't fulfill the football portion of the bargain. Yet he was the one putting his arm around Chubba Purdy after the Iowa game. And he was walking off the field with Heinrich Harburg after a loss um, in early November. Not to mention he was always on the sideline, you know, involved in the game. Even though he wasn't playing, he was still trying to do everything right. And I think that's a part of the reason that Matt Rule would you say that Matt defended Jeff Sims? I th- I think
0: so. Okay. Yeah, absolutely. I I don't think I've all year long. I don't think I've ever heard him not defend Jeff Sims. Both as
1: a person and as as even a player. Well, I know Joe Husker fan out in name your small town Nebraska wouldn't do that. No, no, absolutely not. They're quick to quick to criticize, quick to um, cast a lot of judgment on the way the quarterback situation played out this year and also the selection of Jeff Sims of the available portal portal quarterbacks last year. We're going to have more on this coming up tonight at uh, on 1011 news at six. We're going to kind of break down this situation with the quarterbacks, Heinrich Carberg, Chubba Purdy. Um, Matt's going to meet with Jeff Sims tomorrow. So he doesn't really have a gauge as to, you know, he Jeff can, come s- back for one Jeff more can year. stay here. Yeah. And he's still got another year of eligibility. I think he's graduating in December. Um. So we're going to unpack some of that coming up on the news tonight. But it's a big part of the discussion of Nebraska's offseason. If you think, if you're a fan and you're watching this or listening to this, if you think Nebraska is going to just simply go out and throw, hook money. A, throw money, hook a quarterback, get them to come here, I, I think my takeaway after hearing from Matt Rule on Wednesday would say, be careful. That's not a done deal. That is not necessarily how this is going to play out because – he praised Chubba Purdy, he praised Heinrich Harburg, he defended Jeff Sims, and he shared the price tag of a portal quarterback. It's one of those decisions that's like, yeah,
0: you could go out and spend $2 million on a portal quarterback. And I, I have no idea how that NIL operation works. But, I mean, could you fill four or five maybe other needs on your team with that? NIL money? Could you go get? Well, now we're talking like an
1: NFL roster here. We are. And the other thing, too, was Coach Rule even mentioned that going out and finding a portal quarterback every year is bad business. Oh, yeah. You want to be able to get somebody that can stay in your program for multiple years and you can develop them. So, you know, it's not like – I don't even know what the – the right analogy would be here it's not like tom brady all of a sudden becomes a free agent and you just go get him at all costs no in the college game this is different you you if you do that for just one year then you're going to do it again the next year and the next year and that really is opposite of the way matt rule has had success in his rebuilds he's done it by recruiting and developing players i think it is interesting though because you see a lot of these college players
0: that Maybe aren't a first rounder or a second rounder that are coming back because of the NIL opportunities, and I think as you know we go forward in time, it's going to make college football really good because you're going to have a lot of players that you know may get drafted fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round or whatever that are coming back to get even better, and you have that much more talent on on rosters across the country. So I think that's maybe one of the one of the. Not good to mention again, yeah,
1: Bonics perfect example. Yeah. Like, he would have been drafted last year. Oh, yeah. it's a really good quarterback. Probably going to win the Heisman. Probably going to win the Heisman. Jaden Daniels. You know, like, I, I think that's a done deal. He's going to go to the NFL. Yes. Um, he's going to cash in. Because I yeah. don't know if any any <laughs> NIL operation can match what Jaden Daniels is about to make uh, going into the uh, NFL. But, yeah, there's a lot There's a lot to unpack there for Nebraska football. Um, and, of course, the Huskers end the year 5-7. and seven. The bull drought continues. It's now at seven years, which is just absolutely crazy to say out loud a program with this much history and the fact that you know personally i've been able to plan christmas with my family (laughs) and our travels without having to factor in a bowl Bowl game and and when is when is bowl practice when are we traveling for coverage when is the game and i haven't had to worry about that for a few years
0: uh i think um one of probably the better Not 100% yet. Um, Things that we've kind of found out in the last couple days. I think Tony White's probably sticking around. The coaching, head coaching gigs that you would connect him to, Syracuse, San Diego State, looks like they're going in different directions. Those were the two. I think that's, you know, it's great to get Ty Robinson back and and all the other players, but to keep him for another year, I think, is is bigger than than the players.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't sound like Matt Rule is putting the press to try to convince Tony White to stay. If anything, he's. Telling Tony White, go be a head coach. <laughs> just <laughs> make sure it's the right, the right job. job. And that's something he said a week or two ago, not just today. Mm-hmm. Um, and we know that Matt Rule has endorsed Tony White, and he knows that he's going to be a really good coach. Um, and he also has confidence in that defense. Whether Tony is the defensive coordinator next year or not, that, that group's going to be pretty solid again next year. I mean, th- that's going to be one of the best interior defensive lines in the Big Ten, if not the country. Ty Robinson, and Nash Hutmaker. If that's A and B, my goodness, there are a lot of teams that would love to have those two guys starting up front.
0: Yeah, and you get another year of development for players like Cam, uh, Cam Lenhart, Prince Will, Uman Yellen. I think that's the first time I've ever said his last Uman name. Mielin. Oh, okay. I thought I got it right. Uh, but in, in, in all the young players that you saw James play, Williams. James Williams. Riley Van Poppel. Kai Wallen. Yeah. Ethan Nation. DeAndre Barnes.
1: A lot of good players. Uh, I mean, we, we, we could spend two minutes just listing players that Nebraska played that are either true freshmen or redshirt freshmen that got valuable time this year, and they all they, they, they didn't burn a redshirt year mm-hmm. this year. I mean, there's some exceptions. You know, Jalen Lloyd. What's the stat? Did you hear this? Jalen Lloyd has as many 50-plus yard catches as Marvin Harrison Jr.? 50-yard touchdown catches. Three. That is wild. I know. And, and Jalen Lloyd play really half didn't, the Yeah, Jalen Lloyd did not play until midway through the year. He was still trying to figure out which way to turn to get in the <laughs> locker room. <laughs> trying to figure out which class he's supposed to be attending and trying to learn the playbook. And all of a sudden, I mean, this Speed wins, right?
0: Yes, it does. Uh, and I mean, again, the, the offense was what the offense was this year. But again, th- again, you, all the players that went down at the beginning of the year—Isaiah Garcia Castaneda, Marcus Washington, Gay Irvin, Ramirez Ramir Johnson—you potentially, you know, you potentially get Marcus Washington back. I think Isaiah Garcia Castaneda might be trying to come back for another year too. Mm-hmm. And then you add a year—a player like Jalen Lloyd, Malachi Coleman—who now have a year under their belt. That could be a—you could listen
1: s- to the positivity emanate through
0: the airwaves here.
1: <laughs> Because there are some things where the 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 jump could be next year, you can see it, and that's where sometimes time always heals, right? When when you're close to a last second loss, you're just so emotional, and and sometimes the blinders are kind of on. But as time passes, you can start to see. All right, well, if if this is the foundation, it's a pretty good foundation because uh, there are a number of players who got very valuable experience this year, and it should pay off next year. What did rules say? That he thinks the close losses this year are going to turn, turn into, into close, wins. close wins in year number two.
0: Yep. Uh, and so I think we'll find out a lot more in the next month with, with the portal. Uh, early signing day is also next week, I believe. It's uh, in mid-December. Mid-December. They have 26, I think, commits in their class now. So I think if we did this a month from now, to say December 29th, I think, one, we find out if there's going to be a transfer portal quarterback, quarterback uh, yes, that's coming in. Portal quarterback. <laughs> yeah. And then two, you're going to have a lot of players uh, have signed their N- uh, national letters of intent, too. So we will be interesting to see what, what the state of the roster looks like a month from
1: now. I'm really curious on Monday. I mean, this is going to tell folks a lot. How many players transfer? Because mm. we're already seeing, you know, the regular season ended just a few days ago. You know how many guys have entered the transfer or announced that they are entering the portal? A lot. I mean, Michigan State had two quarterbacks enter the portal on the same day. Mm-hmm. So you're just seeing a number of guys and some, some that raise eyebrows. Arkansas quarterbacks in the portal. Uh, Will Howard of Kansas State is mm-hmm. in the portal. Like there are just a number of players from various programs. They're all going like, what's it going to look like? I, I haven't seen much Nebraska on that front at all. Not a one. Not okay, yet. so if all these players want to stay at Nebraska, what does it say about the locker room and the culture with Matt Rule? It's good. They like it here. Yeah. Because it's so easy to leave now. Yeah. It doesn't win you games, but it's important to winning games in the future. Would rather have this,
0: you know, situation versus, again, a situation, just to pull it off the top of my head because I just read an article about it. But again, Deion Sanders in Colorado, who sounds like they're struggling a little bit and having decommits and and players transferring and and things like that. Uh, All Big Ten awards were announced yesterday. Today, the only player to make it First, second, or third team was Luke Reimer. He made third team All-Big Ten. A number of honorable mentions, Isaac Gifford, Quentin Newsom, Tommy Hill, Omar Brown, Nash Upmaker, Ty Robinson, Bryce Benhart, Ben Scott. Anyone you think maybe should have been on that list? Ty Robinson.
1: I think so, too. I mean, Ty Robinson should be an All-Big Ten accolade-winning player. Probably and comes I think down Quentin Newsome the... would be the other pick, too, um, for me. If they least. would have won a few more games, they probably would have been What, that what did Matt Rule say? To the victor, uh, to... gets the spoils. Yep. Yeah. So I think he even acknowledged that, you know, if Nebraska maybe wins a few more games, places a little bit higher in the Big Ten West, maybe the individual selections changes a little bit. A little bit. I'm not surprised about offense. Um, the fact that they only had a couple of honorable mention players listed. Nobody landed on first, second or third team. I mean, let's not be surprised by that. No. Look at the offense in total. Um, and not to mention, there was no player on offense that was one healthy the whole season two productive every single game on the schedule yeah so not
0: surprising there I, I i've said it before with you kevin but i'm the turnaround from tommy hill from last year going to being benched being basically booted out of the cornerback room to go play wide receiver to flip him back to playing both this year and being at big 10 honorable mention
1: pretty impressive that is pretty great he led the team in interceptions finished with four this year um and tommy hill did have a really nice year
0: he did and I think he's he well he he'll be back, he'll be back. Yeah, yeah so he'll be back next year so uh, moving on from football volleyball uh, got swept by Wisconsin at Wisconsin um, disappointing to see that disappointing to see the undefeated season uh, go by the wayside um, but number one no it's no? a good thing you think so I oh. really do
1: I would I, I, I mean think I would agree the, with you the the pressure of having the undefeated season uh, that could weigh on them as they go through the postseason I really think that uh, and and there was no harm done. In losing mm-hmm. at Wisconsin in fact there might have been something to gain from it because Wisconsin now lands on the opposite side of the bracket as Nebraska mm-hmm. had Nebraska beaten handed Wisconsin another loss what have been four on the year four or five they pos they could have possibly been on the same side of the bracket as Nebraska that's what the Huskers did not want <laughs> yeah. And Wisconsin has a really challenging road to the final four in there's in their regional they have Penn State and Purdue, teams that they have lost to this year. Nebraska, conversely, um, obviously they open up this week at home against Long Island, and then they will play the winner of Delaware and Missouri should the Huskers clear that hurdle, which I think we all can assume they will. They're just the better team. They're the Mm -hmm. number one seed in the tournament. Then you look look at even who would be coming here for regional play, and I don't know that it is all that daunting for the Huskers. Uh, Florida, Georgia Tech as a possibility, and Kentucky. Nebraska has already defeated Kentucky in Lincoln this year.
0: Yeah, you you have to like their their road uh, to the Final Four. And again, if they were to meet Wisconsin, it would be a repeat of the 2021 championship. Uh, with where Wisconsin is uh, on that side of the bracket, they would meet potentially in the in the finals. So that first match uh, is on Friday uh, at 7 p.m., uh, and then the second round will be on Saturday, also at 7 p.m. at Devaney. Both of those games are on ESPN+. Plus. So I was looking today. I haven't seen. Do you know
1: when regular
0: season awards
1: for the Big Ten will be announced? They will be tomorrow. That's tomorrow. on Thursday that they are going to announce those. Of course, there's going to be – a chance Merritt Beeson would be Big Ten Player of the Year. I don't know that she will. Could be uh, Sarah Franklin. It's likely going to be Sarah Franklin. But I think Merritt would probably place second um, if they released the placing of everybody. Lexi Rodriguez has the potential to be the Big Ten Defensive Player of the Year. I don't know that she will. But, of course, she's got to be in contention. Mm-hmm. And then Bergen Riley has uh, a legit possibility of being both the Big Ten Setter of the Year and the Big Ten Freshman of the Year. Very impressive for
0: a. <laughs> again, John Cook never says the freshman, but they played so many freshmen this year. Uh, so super impressive uh, by John Cook and his staff. And again, another great season. That first match again Friday at Bob Devaney, 7 p.m. Long Island University. Do you know what their their nickname is? The Long Island University Sharks. The Sharks. All right.
1: Uh, so then, I had to build a graphic on Sunday night, so, so that's, that's so the knew. reason I know. You knew. The LIU Sharks, which has a f- sub-500 record, I believe they're 13 and 18 overall, and this would maybe highlight, they, they won their conference tournament as the four seed, that's how they got into the NCAA tournament, and that's why they are playing the number one overall seed. Um their athletics website did not even have them winning the conference championship posted on <laughs> Sunday night when you do the quick search of, oh, let me learn a little bit about Long Island. You couldn't really find much volleyball coverage on the university's own Ooh. webpage. All right. Well, the Sharks. The Sharks on Friday for the Huskers. Uh, really
0: quickly, basketball. They could go from the Sharks to the Hens. They could. Delaware Hens. Go- joining Conference USA, by the way. Mm-hmm. Good for them, uh, moving on to basketball real quick. The uh, women's team, Amy Williams, uh, and the women's team, four and two record. They lost to uh, TCU, I think. They were down in Florida for a tournament, they went one and one down there. Uh, but they're four and two on the year. Uh, they play tonight. tonight against Florida Atlantic, 7 p.m. tip. Uh, that game's on Big Ten Plus, and then Saturday they host George Tech, which is the You Betcha Roller giveaway day, I believe. So if you need a You Betcha Roller, shout out to Matt Coatney, that's that's the day to get it. Um, in terms of basketball news, the men generating some excitement, 7 and 0 best start since I think is 92-93 yep, for Fred Weinberg and the men mm-hmm. and receiving votes in the AP top 25 poll. Careful.
1: Don't say <laughs> receiving votes. There was plural. four of them. No. There wasn't? It was one individual oh. who voted Nebraska and he put him at 22. So you get four points. Oh, okay, okay. So really, Nebraska basketball received one vote. One vote. It was not 25, it was 22. Okay. So though you see the number four on the other teams receiving votes, it was really four points okay. for the one vote placed at 22. See, I did not know this. So you're teaching me things, Kevin. Well, I appreciate as a, an AP voter. Um,. I'm glad I can enlighten <laughs> you a little bit on how this process works. Um, as an AP, I, vote, always, I always love to, like, see who are the other teams receiving votes. It's fascinating to me because – Sometimes you end know, up with some random team in there. Yeah, Bradley received a vote two weeks ago, so all of a sudden my interest peaks up a little bit in the Missouri <laughs> Valley. Um, and then there are sometimes the others receiving votes: Memphis, Mississippi State. Even though they're ranked right now, just lost last night. Um, Michigan State's not ranked. They're in the others receiving votes. You get kind of a gauge of those other teams that are on the fringe mm-hmm. um, that definitely couldn't hang with most of the teams within the top twenty-five.
0: So, what what have you? I mean, what's your takeaway, Ben, with this with this start from Hoiberg's squad? I mean, I know you're
1: tuned into the basketball as as a voter uh they're winning they're scoring mm-hmm. and i feel like the team has pretty good chemistry which is maybe a little surprising to me not that i doubt coach hoyberg and that staff but i just feel like with some of the pieces that came in i mean it's tough to get guys from experience you know rank mass played in the missouri valley and uh bryce williams played in conference usa and you have casey and then um you, know, you, you have some walk-ons who are playing some valuable minutes. And Jawan Gary's coming off the injury. So, you know, they have a little, bit of a little bit of a mishmash roster. But so far, I feel like they've been pretty in sync, especially considering early in the year they were dealing with some injuries and they didn't have pretty much everybody available to kind of get a feel for how this was all going to look. I mean, they even played overseas this summer. They had one game, they had seven guys. Available to play. Uh, Boogie Coleman's from the SEC. Played at Missouri. So, again, Mm. like, they just have a bunch of different pieces. But I'm surprised at how in sync they are right now. Um, And and they're scoring at a pretty good clip at this moment. You got to reserve some judgment right now, though. 7-0 is nice. But right now, their toughest competition has been Duquesne. And that changes Sunday when they play Creighton. Mm-hmm. And then the following week, they'll play Michigan State. So enjoy it. I'm not saying that it's going to end. I think Nebraska can be competitive with Creighton, but you're going to learn a lot. And that's why, you know, the bandwagon for Nebraska basketball is not bursting at the seams right now. Because I think a lot of people are pretty cautious. But wins are wins. And if you think about this, 7-0. and What's the magic number to get into the NCAA tournament? 20. People just automatically say 20. They're a third of the way there. So if Nebraska remains competitive in the Big Ten and stays around the 500 mark, given the fact that they already have seven non-con wins, that's going to help get you to the 20-win mark. And it could put the Huskers on the bubble on Selection Sunday.
0: And, I mean, I, I don't know how many years you, you can go back. A seven-game stretch like this, it – you know, they were losing a game to uh, an incarnate word or, or some team like that, where it's like, how how did you lose that game? So, yes, they haven't really played anyone, you know, all that great. But they, like you said, wins are wins. You have Juwan Gary, he's averaging 16 points a game. Rink Mast is averaging a double double. He's been impressive to see. He leads the team in scoring right now with 103 points. Uh, Keisei Tom- Tominaga is actually not leading the team in three point percentage.
1: Bryce Williams yeah. shooting 42% from behind yeah. the yard. Kaysay, though, t- shooting 40%. And I so. think some of these additions are really going to take some pressure off of Say. Of course, he's still going to chuck up some shots. He's going to pull up from um, 28 checks. feet, and, and that's just part of his game. He's going to make some. He's going to miss some. Yeah. But I think as teams started to really clamp down on Say late in the season last year, put a lot of defensive focus on him, um, if you do that, you're going to have to maybe give up a little bit against Bryce Williams. I think he's a really nice ball player. So there's just more options offensively with this team than I can remember from previous years. The one thing I've really noticed,
0: especially the last couple games, and I feel like it's something that's really hurt the Huskers a lot the last 10 years, their free throw shooting has been really good. You know, 19 of 20 on Sunday. And I think they're shooting almost 75% for the season. But there's been so many games where they would shoot 50% or 60%, and you look at the final score, and it's like, well, there's the difference is, is the free throws. Right. So, uh, and like you said, we'll learn a lot over the ne- their next four games. Creighton at home on Sunday, 3 p.m. That game's on FS1. Next Wednesday, they're at Minnesota, open Big Ten play, and then they host Michigan State on Sunday. Then they have a week off, and they go to Kansas State. Kansas State team that, were they Final Four team last year?
1: They would to the Elite Eight last Elite year. Eight. So, a lot... But they had a lot of turnover. They're not quite the team they were last year, but they're still pretty good. But again, you're looking at... I guess I should correct myself. Their toughest opponent so far was Oregon State, and they ran them off the court in Sioux Falls. Um, But if you compare the teams you just stated to Oregon State and Duquesne, I mean, this is the the science lab where the scale completely <laughs> one side is Flex. higher than the other. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it'll be, uh, an exciting next couple of weeks there for uh,
0: Husker basketball, both men's and women's. And really quickly, I'll just, again, give a shout out to the women's soccer team. They did fall to Stanford in overtime in the elite eight, but awesome season, uh, for that squad and, uh, kudos to, to them for all their hard work this year. So anything else we want, want to add before we let everyone go?
1: No, I'm really excited for the volleyball tournament to start on Friday. Um, you know they should have four more matches at home at the Devaney Center, and that's always fun. You know it happens quickly, um, but the fact that there is more volleyball at the Devaney that's exciting. Not to mention this weekend, but.
0: Next weekend. Next weekend
1: hosting a regional. That's special. Mm -hmm. And that hasn't happened since 2016. And I can remember the times Nebraska did host for regionals when you're playing on your own floor for a chance to go to the Final Four. It's electric. There's just a great energy about it. We don't know when that match would be. They kind of all set those based on who's all playing that day. Uh, But I look forward to a week from Saturday if Nebraska is playing for a spot in the Final Four.
0: Remind me, they swap out their court for like just a generic ncaa court don't they Uh,
1: i don't know that they do
0: i want i I know
1: they can't turn off the lights and do the light show they can't do the introductions where they throw the balls into the crowd some of the nebraska home venue things they cannot do that you will see some ncaa signage all around Mm. the facility um but I do believe it's still going to be a Nebraska court just okay. with an NCAA logo on it. Cool. Uh, and I
0: think we'll hear from Cook and maybe a couple players on Thursdays. Correct. 5 so o'clock.
1: look for that, uh, again,
0: on 1011's platforms uh, online and then obviously uh, on air as well with Kevin's end report, 6 and 10 on Thursday night. So, uh, all right. Well, Kevin, thank you so much for hopping in and joining me today. Everyone, thanks for uh, tuning in and listening. As always, keep a tuned in 1011, both on air and online for all of your latest news, weather, and sports. Hope everyone has a nice Wednesday. You've been listening to the End Report Husker Show
1: from 1011. Watch, listen, and stream on the 1011 Now app on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. For more Husker coverage throughout the week, watch the End Report on 1011 Sports at 6 and 10 p.m. and download the 1011 Now app.